2: Hello. Hello, pineapple. I I feel silly. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, pineapple. Wait, did you know? Did you know? Did you know that in Italian pineapple is ananas so it's like bananas without a a b ananas pineapple
3: no i know fuck yeah. all about italian but i'm wearing did you say hello pineapple because i'm wearing an, a yellow
2: shirt no but i thought we're both trying something new you're in a kind of slick button down and i my hair is in a ponytail <laughs> yes but i actually Which you would never see in public
3: yeah so i bought this in Mal- uh where was i athens at a vintage shop and I thought I don't like it because it's yellow and then you just said
2: hello pineapple and I thought that fucking bitch <laughs> no it looks white to me gorgeous I actually can't even see that it's yellow I like it is it is it Jill is Sander
0: it no looks it's very... just
2: random it's just a mm. it's just a white
3: random random I just thought you know gonna try a shirt out for size
2: and then I spelt. I'm feeling I, it um,
3: got a stain Mm -hmm. on it
2: already naughty naughty once me and zach had a fight Mm. a quick aside where i ended up crying because i was drunk because i was wearing all these big oversized man shirts because i wanted to look like sarah harris from british folk and he was like i just don't get it like i just i'm not feeling it and i started crying and i was like this is literally emotional abuse (laughs) to say that you don't like this yes
3: (laughs) i i like and it was yeah I find it really upsetting when they say they don't like how you dress. <laughs> I told um my boyfriend I was embarrassed of him
0: yesterday. Why? What did he do? He just, like,
3: looks like a disheveled mess all the time, which is fine. But we're, we were just in kind of, like a work-ish capacity. And I was like, can you not just like look in the mirror before you leave the room in the
2: morning? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite time we ever bumped into you guys was when he was wearing those like sexy Telfar cutout tracksuit pants i think about it all the time i was like it's so iconic it was like a tuesday at 8 a.m or something i, know. I was like how can one man be so amazing yeah exactly like he like
3: fluctuates so much because yeah he'll wear really outrageous stuff like that and then yesterday just honestly looks like he like stepped out of a garbage can on the way to breakfast <laughs> i was like your hair is fucked sir please and then I said I was embarrassed of him and then um, stormed off and we didn't talk for an hour, but
2: all was okay. It all works out in the okay. end. It all comes out in the wash. He was embarrassed when you were singing your little breakfast song. Yes. <laughs> okay.
3: We, uh, we have so much to get through. Um, I'm worried about us talking about crap for too long. So it's a, it's a jam-packed doc with basically one topic. <laughs> Broken down A event. into 400 A four hundred hours mini topics. Yeah, that I can't wait to get into. But before that, we thought we'd give—I don't know if there's A like palate cleanser. one or two listeners who don't care about that drama. Some other things to <laughs> to, to mediate. What is it? Meditate on. <laughs> meditate on. Okay. Firstly, I'm going to give you some recommendations. Love it. We're bringing this back. Yeah, I know. I don't know how to, like, say it enough. Watch out, Pandora (laughs) Psy. Yes. Um, I was in Greece, had just finished... Actually, I've been reading Atessa Mosfee's books, but I feel like we can do that kind of as a topic another time because there's a lot to Mm. delve into with her books. But I just finished one, and then I was in this random hotel in Greece, and I walked over to the... You know how they have just books that people leave behind? And I was like, surely there'll be nothing good in here, but all of the books in Greece are in Greek, so I was fucked. And I picked up Meg Mason's (laughs) Sorrow and Bliss, which has been on my list for so long to read, have heard so many great things about it, couldn't get over the fact that it was there, and then read the whole thing in a day, and it's basically just as good as everyone says it is. What's it about? I, I, I like know the cover, but I, I haven't read much about her. Yeah, so I mean, like I mean, the, the cover is, is bad. And I think basically everyone's reviews on it is to not judge it by its cover. Um, but Meg Mason is from Sydney and she worked at Elle right before us.
2: Oh, wow. I remember. Now you're saying that I fully remember her byline. Yeah, and she used to write, when we when
3: worked there, there, she used to write heaps of the features in the magazine.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: So she's had a couple of books that I haven't read, but I remember back when we lived in Sydney hearing that she was writing books, whatever. And then this one's uh, by far kind of her most successful. It's a Sunday times bestseller. It's set in London. So I'm assuming she used to live here and it's about a woman whose marriage has broken down and then she kind of retells the story of how they met and got together and all of these things. But it's just like, very well written very funny very emotional yesterday I was reading it on the ferry, and um my boyfriend was asleep and he'd been sleeping the whole time and I'd just been reading and I had no data on my phone so I literally like felt (laughs) like I was held hostage and couldn't do anything else but he woke he woke (laughs) up and literally turned over and I was
2: sobbing Grace like hysterically sobbing takes a lot for a book to get me to cry so challenge accepted yeah I'd love to read that that's amazing that she's Australian she's doing I thought she was like American or something because she's so famous I know yeah
3: she's so great. she just writes really well it was just one of those books that I could just obviously just read it in a day which hasn't happened in a long time and yeah it was <laughs> I was like Hysterically crying. And then I was crying for like two hours afterwards. Mm, (laughs) He was like, I woke up and thought I was in a nightmare. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Um, so yeah. That's nice. Also I watched I Killed My Dad on Netflix and (laughs)
2: netflix is wilding out like they need to fucking figure their shit out every time i go on it's literally like i killed my dad i killed my mom i killed my kids the woman who killed her kids i'm like netflix please yeah it was good i would recommend to be to be honest is it just a true crime yeah
3: but classic twists and turns it's like it's a documentary um and it it, i didn't really want to watch it but within seconds was hooked
2: yeah they always get you in the end I just watched, just throw in a wreck of my own, the <laughs> rehearsal. <laughs> I just love Nathan Fielder. Have you watched Nathan for you? I can't remember if we've talked no. about it before. It's so funny, is he? It really is. Like, I think you should go back and watch it. It's so silly. And he basically, so he's this, like, comedy central comedian. His whole thing is that he's, like, very, very awkward. Like, his personality is naturally just very awkward and he struggles to read people. And... Nathan for you is this show where he like pretends to be one of those people that goes in and helps businesses solve their problems with like abstract ideas, but it's always just so funny and ridiculous. And basically after Nathan Few finished, it was like this cult hit. Everyone was obsessed with it. And then it, uh, it came out that HBO had like picked him up for this TV show. And the whole thing is called the rehearsal. Cause it's basically about giving people that are like socially anxious about Having a conversation or doing something that they don't want to do, setting up a rehearsal that's completely realistic of what the situation is going to look like, so they can practice it a bunch of times beforehand. But because HBO has given him all this money, it's like ridiculous. Like he'll build a house that's the exact replica of this person's house that this person is going to, and hire <laughs> these like professional actors to play like their mom. It's it's like so silly, but it's really funny. And it kind of as it progresses. Breaks down whether like what he's doing is ethical or not because like obviously the people that go on these shows are always a little bit weird or a little bit strange to go on a reality show like mm-hmm. that. So he he kind of unpacks like if it's mean what he's doing and it's it's really good. It's really smart.
3: Ooh, it's and the it gets only insane. thing I know about him is that he interviewed Alexa
2: Demi on that podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, on the A twenty. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, and their energies were like so insane. Yeah. In contrast to each other, yeah. And he did this great interview shoot. Speaking of interview, which is really funny, because he's just this really awkward guy. And they shot him in that like interviewee way where he's in like a Balenciaga tracksuit just on the street. Love.
3: <laughs> yes. Speaking it of interview, is. uh, another quicker side. <laughs> Everyone's like, get into it, girls. I'm rushing through. But okay. I'm rushing through because I'm like, I need, I need, like i need time A long time to talk about what we're gonna talk about this <laughs> <To talk after. laughs> uh kim kardashian was on the cover of interview firstly what did you think of the cover and the shoot
2: it came out yesterday. i was like this is t- totally just designed for me to love it and unfortunately i just love it like i just you know i want to roll my eyes and be annoyed at it but i just think it's great yeah Everything she does is just great now. And I love What's Her Face, Nadia, Lee Cohen. So the photos are really cool. Yes.
3: Yeah, the bleached brows are cool, the hair, the big butt. She looks good. Yeah. In the... The strap. Jockstra- I don't know if I loved so much the way the interview was the editor and Kim, and it was just a Q&A kind of vibe. Or like the the conversation was just transcribed i don't think i i don't know i don't know if i vibe with that way of but then it's like i guess if you're gonna write a cover story on kim kardashian what is there to say that people don't already know it would have to be this very in-depth yeah i guess they're more they're just like interview (laughs) yeah
2: yeah interviews whole thing is that they just bring two random people together always and just transcribe the interview i like as you're saying that realize that that is their whole thing but i yeah i didn't love it either i kind of get it but i feel like mel ottenberg like i think he's great but um i just always feel like he's just trying to be pally with the person so it just comes across as like really boring and self like gratuitous yeah to read.
3: he was just complimenting her a lot and it yeah. needed to be someone. it needed to be who did it need to be? It needed to be someone that was a friend of hers, but then someone that's also
2: kind of a surprising friend. Yeah, I don't know why MR is popping into my head, but I feel like them being like post breakup moms talking about being sexy, or maybe that's just been done a million times. I don't know. I just found the interview kind of boring.
3: But then Kim did just drop some bombshells. The obvious most insane one of all is that she said later that day she was going to record an episode of her podcast. I was like, what podcast? I wish she'd
2: been like after work drinks. (laughs) I love all these like honeys starting their own podcast. They're so late to the party. They're also
3: just bringing podcasting. I th- I feel like podcasting is just getting the second wave right now. I don't know if I'm just making that yes. out of my ass, but like Kim it's K- like f- feminism second wave. Just Kim Kardashian to be launching a podcast. I, I just think it's cool, but I also can't for the life of me understand why. Like maybe yeah. it's because we have one ourselves. I guess it just seems to the, to her it must and like to Dua Lipa. That's it's like Dua Lipa Meghan Markle. And Kim Kardashian. The one that makes the most sense out of that is Meghan Markle because mm-hmm. they needed money and what, what else is, are they up to? I know they say they're doing a lot, but Dua leap is so random. So, like,
2: I just always think that the point of being extremely wealthy and successful is that, like, you don't have to do random shit like a podcast. Like, I – like we love doing this we're so lucky that we get to do it as our jobs but if I was Kim Kardashian you bet your bottom dollar after work drinks is cancelled (laughs) baby I'm gonna be out living in my mansion driving my 100 Bentleys like I just don't understand why she sounds so busy why is she adding to her work yeah and it's but it's also like I
3: can I can kind of understand how a podcast like ours would continue like I get why Julia Fox has forbidden fruits because it's because it's like silly <laughs> Need to check in it's like silly and fun and you get to chat to people and you can make it whatever you want and you're doing it with your best friend but i just don't understand why you would go to spotify and like pitch a true crime podcast when you're so busy and also because you're so busy and you clearly have like she has skims she has skin by kim she has four kids she's studying a law degree she has a reality tv show Uh, She's working in criminal justice reform in her spare time. And now she's launching a true crime podcast, which obviously like when you have that much stuff going on and I know Kim Kardashian does everything she does well, but I'm just like, you obviously don't have the time to put that much of your own hours in the day into this. So you obviously have a huge team of producers working on this for you. And all you really
2: are doing is being the host of it. I'm like, how passionate do you have to be? Okay, yes, I have two things to say on this. First, I'm shocked that this is the first we're hearing of it. I assume if it's Spotify because they've been throwing out cash left, right and center, a.k.a. Joe Rogan and Archwell, that if they gave her a shitload of money, I'm shocked that they didn't put this out at first. And secondly, um, this is not to sound rude, but I don't feel like her voice is very conducive with a true crime podcast.
3: Yeah, because so why it does make sense is if it – which it sounds like it does, it's about the system. And so it's about mishandled cases and -hmm. it's going to be kind of serious. But yeah, her voice is like that Californian draw, which is just funny to listen to. And it's hard to take anything she says kind of that seriously. I do get that it's something she's passionate about. And if it is, yeah, if it's true crime in this really serious way, then I guess it's like shining light on... um, really serious matters which is like fucking cool of her i just can't believe she has the time she's
2: coming for Headley's spot she goes i'm recording an episode of my podcast i'm doing a true crime podcast on spotify it's called the system the first season is about a really crazy case where a guy got the death sentence for a triple homicide that happened in ohio there are so many twists and turns with how it was handled or mishandled and we take the listener along for a journey in search of the truth like i just can't see her doing the like yeah, dun, 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 yeah. Dun, like the twists and turns and the building suspense yeah, but case but, file does I it mean, well yeah the case file <laughs> yeah. kim's coming for a spot the yoga pants
3: yeah um but yeah so kim kardashian joins the Afterwork drinks girlies in being a podcast host would
2: love to have her on have her open on. invitation
3: to miss kim kardashian
2: <laughs> What would need to happen for her to come on after work drinks? You need to have some sort of like brain injury. One of us would co- commit a crime. Wait, you know that that guy <laughs> um, from the Balenciaga party. <laughs> oh my God. Was like really good friends with Mel Oatenberg. He was like talking to him the whole time. And I was like, wait, wh- who is this guy? You need to hit, his- hit him up
3: again. No, I don't actually think he was friends with him. I think he was stalking him. You think he just cornered him and they'd met once and he forced him to talk? Yeah. Okay. We have to move on. Finally, on to the big
2: topic of the day.
3: Okay. How are we going to tackle this? I feel like we could start with Venice. We could start just leading the ladies in with some Venice Film Festival red carpet moments. But what I worry about the red carpet moments is I worry that people
2: haven't seen them and so have no idea what we're talking about. I think people will have seen that. I think some will have just have just dripped down into like life like the Timmy Chalamet and the whole and um etc
3: yeah okay because I just went basically I went through there's a gallery on the cut and I also went through WWD and there were heaps I hadn't seen but we can just chat about like some insanely stylish people for example I think the queen of Venice Film Festival and like style this year is just tessa thompson every single look is so good so she looks amazing and she's styled by these two guys wayman and micah who also style another ridiculously stylish woman who is also at venice film festival killing it jodie turner smith
2: yes god she looks amazing as well wow yeah
3: and it's just both these two and they often are styling them in like really cool up-and-coming black designers and it's just gorgeous gorgeous I just followed them on Instagram today gave them a little
2: follow and some double taps well done I'm obsessed with like and this is the thing as well is there is no such thing with red carpet as bad designers it's just what the stylist slash person does with it so that one that Eli Saab look in the red like, I think people mm. think Eli Saab is just, like, glittery, embellished, kind of a little bit boring red carpet stuff. But this look is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Tessa
3: Thompson. Sadie Sink looks so gorgeous. So good. in
2: that McQueen. Yeah.
3: Wow. Oh, McQueen How dress. She looks so good. She looks, like, amazing for her age as well. Timmy, obviously, in the red that we were just talking about, looked really gorgeous on the red carpet kind of revived my love for him. I think he's, he's been just like a bit low key recently, which has been really nice. So it was like great to see him on the red carpet. And then I also loved his arrival look, which was, which I saw today, which was him wearing um, top to toe Celine. He had just this like gorgeous little Cardi on and some um, (laughs) cargo pants. (laughs) Oh
2: yeah. The car. Yeah. Gorgeous. He is. Yeah. He is great. I agree. It kind of reminded me of why. Phoebe, Wall, the bridge was there, but I think she was just at like this one party.
3: Mm. Yeah, I saw her. One outfit, glowing. I think the Los Angeles sun suits her. A hundred percent. She's like
2: got a tan, which is odd. Tanned and fresh. We can maybe hold on the "Don't worry, darling." Yeah, I
3: feel like we talk about them
2: at the end as our lead-in. Yes, (laughs) but I, I loved. I thought Tessa Thompson looked the best at the Don't Worry, Darling premiere, which is embarrassing for them. What was she wearing? That was that green. Oh yeah, I think it was yeah, Mark yeah, yeah, the green one.
3: Yeah, yeah. Chloe Sevigny in a, that black Gucci cutout gown looked so gorgeous. I didn't really like Emma Chamberlain in um, the vintage red Valentino gown, but then I think I only saw her. I think I saw just a bad shot, and I think the issue wasn't the dress; it was that her makeup was quite heavy and I just didn't, I didn't mm. like how they even put a necklace around her neck. I didn't think she needed that, if I do say the so myself. was really
2: heavy. Yeah. yeah. I agree.
3: And, but I loved her in the white Roberto Cavalli gown. I don't know when she was wearing that, but I just saw another pic of her in that. And then why was Hillary Clinton there?
2: I don't know. Why was she there in a like embellished <laughs> caftan? <laughs> Aw, <laughs> I just can't. Yeah, I know. She's such a mom, but I'm also just a bit off her. Yeah. Tilda Swinton
3: just arrived. Yeah, gorgeous as always. And Kate Blanchett looked really
2: nice in the Charparelli jumpsuit with the flowers. Yeah, I really liked that too. Greta Gerwig, like, I love her so much. I think she just dresses low-key because she doesn't want to be a, like, a fixture. I think she just wants to be like a quiet director that just wears like a black dress and is quiet. But I just, I want more. Yeah. She's so amazing at the Oscars.
3: Arena um, Shake is just in like, a, I wrote in a rando VBS <laughs> black slip. That was weird. And <laughs> I, I, I thought Simone Ashley wore, she looked. she just looked too old. It just wasn't the
2: best for her. I wish she'd worn something like fun and young. That is always the thing with these. I mean, yes, Simone mean, Ashley's different, but like talking about arena shake, Venice is always like these good fashion forward looks by like Kate Blanchett and Tilda Swinton and Julianne Moore and people like that. And then the young ones trying something out. And then there's just like eight Victoria's former Victoria's Secret models in like Shein slip dresses.
1: Yes. (laughs) And (laughs) like two, two million dollars
2: worth of jewels.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's so random. So random. I mean, Stella Maxwell actually looked nice out of all of them, but the, yeah, there's just like a lot of like pink, flowy, <laughs> yeah, cheap-looking gowns.
2: Tight. Yeah. Is I mean, Laura Dern is supposedly there, but I've only seen her getting off the boat. Look. Mm. When is Khan? This feels like bigger than Khan, but it's obviously just because of the "Don't worry, darling." Yeah, drama. I, don't, I don't know. Um. Okay. So.
3: Don't worry, darling. Don't worry, darling. <laughs> There's just, I don't even know where to start. Do we start at the I photo know. call? Because that Yeah, was maybe at the insane. photo call.
2: This all happened in one day, September 5th. It felt like Christmas. Yeah. Just all through the day, knowing the premiere was coming. I felt like a palpable awkwardness watching the premiere roll out. Like it felt I could really feel it through the screen even even though we all knew why and we all knew it was going to be like that. It just – the whole thing just felt so uncomfortable.
3: Yeah, so the photo call, as everyone knows, uh, Florence Pugh wasn't out. She had announced beforehand that she wasn't going to be doing any press other than like – I don't even know when she gave that one interview. But she – it wasn't there. They said it was because she was filming June 2 – and, like, couldn't get a flight an hour earlier. <laughs> and then the rest of the cast were there. And Harry Styles sounded like the ultimate pea brain stoner that he is. I was literally oh
2: dying watching that video. It was so bad. So, yeah, they did this press conference. Harry looked like a cute little sailor to he start did, with outfits. Yeah, he looked like a gorgeous sailor. Um, Chris Pine, have never found Chris Pine attractive, and I'm, like, so so attracted to him after the events of this week. Yes. I love his, like, disheveled elderly look. Like, it's so much better to me, the blonde ratty hair. Yeah. Because he was always too handsome yeah. in, like, an army hammer way. Yeah, I know, like, nothing
3: about him other than this, which I absolutely love. It's, it's also been so clear from seeing all of this this week that the drama is just, like, even... Whatever the fuck happened is, like, bigger than what we what we even think. Like, as in it's affected Chris Pine to the point of him completely disassociating. Like, someone was like, it's the definition of quiet quitting. He was sitting there, like, trying not to laugh at, at Harry Styles. Apparently, at the premiere, Grace, he sat in his seat and then put his sunglasses on when the mm. film was playing. God. Like for the two the entire two hours and like took a nap or whatever he wouldn't have been able to see a fucking thing
2: (laughs) (laughs) him and Gemma chan were like literally a solid rock of like support for this whole movie that the whole movie was built off and i honestly bet they're both in it for less than seven minutes yeah they just held it together they were just holding on to each other as emotional support the faces of like calm elegant refined like trying to keep this movie floating because harry offered nothing like you've got to think harry is the co-lead he's in all of the promotional material if florence isn't there he should be picking up the slack and he can't even string a fucking sentence together <laughs> he was like giggling he was like giggling through the press the press conference like if i was Olivia Wilde, i would have been pissed off yeah i sensed like a vibe between them I don't it know. is off the vibe it's is off. off the vibe is the off. vibe super off. for
3: sure and i was like is the vibe off okay we're just gonna go Whatever, we're just going to talk now. Let's freestyle and be all (laughs) over the show. But I was like, is the vibe off because they're trying so hard to make it about the movie and not about their relationship that they're being weird? Or is the vibe off, which is literally what I think, because after that video came out, they had a fucking huge fight and I like not even
2: speaking because that's how it feels. It feels like, to me, it feels like Harry's people have been like, Harry, this relationship is really not a good look for you. Like, you're getting the most negativity and hatred and backlash you have ever gotten in your career. Like, he's always been such an uncontroversial, universally beloved. He's such like a, you know, his music is so, um, you know, inoffensive. His public persona is like, it riles up some far-right people, but he's like pretty much just loved by everyone. He's making a shit ton of money. Like, I think he's been told... This relationship is like not a good look for you, which he's hyper aware then going into this thing that he wants to kind of distance himself and doesn't want to be because the problem with it is, and this is why I feel bad for Olivia Wilde, is that I think the narrative that came out of this because Florence Pugh is so obviously super chummy with Nick Kroll, Chris Pine, Gemma Chan, Kiki Lane, every like that other chick. Sydney, whatever her name is. Yeah, I know. She looks so
3: gorgeous, the poor thing. So
2: gorgeous. In the (laughs) centre of all the
3: pictures, (laughs) i like,
2: scream. Good on you, hun. (laughs) But, like, looks so happy with everyone else that it becomes the whole team of people that people really like. People really like Gemma Chan. People really like Chris Pine. People love Florence Pugh versus Harry and Olivia. And I Mm. think that that's a really bad look for him. And so I feel like he kind of maybe pulled back to a point that came across as a little like we were saying last week about how he has never taken an opportunity to just tell people to leave her alone or to back off like he hasn't really come out and publicly backed her in this way that does feel strange yeah and i do think
3: that him seeing i think that this entire time he's had her back he's hurt her side he's taken what she said as, like, gospel, right? And I think mm-hmm. that him, I genuinely think him seeing that video, he would have been like, you've com- you've completely, like, told me a different thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that would have mm-hmm. really rocked his found- their foundations because he'll be here this whole time being like, I know Olivia's a good person. I know Olivia did this. I know for a fact she did that. She obviously would have alluded to, yeah, how I don't know what you know what I mean, and then he would have seen that video and just been like, "What?" He they seemed really really off.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Also, as you say, like with with us seeing the whole cast and seeing how the drama goes deeper than just between Florence and Olivia on the red carpet. So they they stood on the red carpet for twenty five minutes getting photos. The entire wow. time, Florence and Olivia didn't make eye contact, and. Florence didn't make eye contact with Harry either mm. so it's like I don't know obviously that kind of makes sense if he's dating Olivia but it was just that's quite wild mm-hmm. yeah Gemma Chan looks so gorgeous in her Louis Vuitton I didn't even see it I couldn't even see it until today <laughs> like all my yeah. eyes were just like focused <laughs> on Florence's fucking Valentino gown which I hated
2: it was so crazy, but I
3: was oh like, my of course. God. So can we course. just say we
2: we got we got um, Olivia totally right? We guess she'd be in like a Grecian gown. We should have said Gucci because we both knew it was Gucci in our bones, but we neglected to say it. Yeah. Um, I do think that like, and I, I as everyone listening will know, I'm very conscious of anything becoming a pile on on Olivia Wilde because I do feel bad for her, and I actually have a theory that I would like to propose shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, But I do kind of wonder if it is a bit off. Like, she was in the middle of all the photos. She was wearing this huge, over-the-top, crazy gown. She was, like, the centre of everything. And I'm like, you are kind of the director. Like, it's about the stars of the movie, like, Florence. I just, like, if there is this kind of beef, maybe it would have been great to, like, let Florence have the big, dramatic look and be in the centre of everything and kind of just pull to the side. Like, I get that it's, it's your movie, but you don't really see, like... A Quentin Tarantino wearing, like, the Timothy Chalamet (laughs) outfit and being in the middle of everything.
3: Yeah. I think she could have gone... I I mean, we did say that she was going to be wearing that, but I actually didn't think it was going to be as OTT as that. I I thought thought she'd be wearing, like, a gown that was yellow but was more How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days than, like, sequiny and sparkles and really Gucci. But, I mean... Yeah, and yeah, and then I, I really didn't like Florence's, but I love so much that she loved it, and I love so much that she fucking owned that carpet. I can't believe how she's just won herself so many favors. I mean, someone did message me, sorry, not me, after work drinks, um, one of the listeners, and just said, like, is this, t-? I don't know, just the way that she... Is so obvious. I mean, it must just be really bad, basically. That's the only thing. Because it's like, it did get, it was just like, can you really not, I don't know. Is it that bad that you're going to like let another woman like burn in flames? Like,
2: yes, that's how I feel. And I do, my theory on this, which I would like to just throw into the ether, is that I think Florence Pugh is young, fiery you know, has a very strong sense of like moral justice and what's right and what's wrong, etc, etc. But like sometimes when you're that young and that passionate, you can misfire. And I just think, for example, we know that like Jason Sudeikis and Zach Braff are really good friends. And there's rumors that a huge amount of her anger with what went down is because she thinks it's like really, really wrong that they had a relationship when Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis were still together but we've also had Olivia Wilde come out and say on the record essentially that her relationship was like emotionally abusive and that she's not surprised that her ex is trying to sabotage her career and that's why she left the relationship and I just think that like There's probably a lot going on beneath the surface that is like complicated and has to do with staying together to try and manage, you know, children and family things and trying to do all the right things. And if this is Olivia Wilde having her like weird Miranda with Shay (laughs) moment, but Steve's actually a dick in this scenario, like the fact that Florence is using the whole weight of her popularity to slam Olivia in public without actively saying it because of something that she might not have all the details on, that could be a bit off.
3: No, for sure. I think the only way her actions are justified is if something really bad happened, which is what everyone's assuming because she's a smart woman. But as you say, like, we could be completely off and it could just actually be as simple as, like... Yeah. Because, I mean, if if Shia LaBeouf is saying what he said and that he didn't even work with Florence one-on-one it can't be that it can't be as bad as people online are saying it is and that Olivia let him like basically you know abuse her or whatever on set and then was begging to have him back and like blah 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 Okay, so, yeah, the red carpet was really awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Florence's stylist captioned her Instagram, Miss Flo, which is also, like,
2: naughty. (laughs) So naughty, so funny. No way on God's green earth she didn't ask Florence first if that was okay. Like, who would fucking throw that client relationship away? So that's kind of coming from Florence, I feel.
3: and... Carla Welch, Olivia Wilde stylist, posted an Instagram story saying, "There's always more to the story."
2: Oh, tea! Or well, there's always
3: two sides to the story. Yeah. Um. So the stylists, uh, the glam squad is.
2: The glam squads in. are at war. This is what I I do feel. I feel like Olivia has just been even in that press conference where she was asked directly about it, and she just said. We are so lucky to have Florence in this movie. She's absolutely amazing. I don't want to add to any, like, negative – you know what I mean? I just – I feel like she's taking the kind of gracious high road, and I do feel like she's having a bit of a, like, quarter, third life crisis where she's, like, thrown caution to the wind and started dating Harry Styles, which is crazy. But I feel like (laughs) there's definitely more to it, and I just feel like there's this this narrative of, like, we all hate Olivia Wilde. I just find silly. Yes. So then we get to – Spitgate. i can't wait can we just very quickly talk about olivia wilde's outfits oh, well she's only had one other outfit no yeah. she's had a couple i'm and now It now makes sense that you said carla welsh styles her because the the basis of it is all good mm-hmm. and then i feel like she'll just bring in like an occasionally genre element that i feel like she's insisted on yes like with the gucci the dress is obviously beautiful but then she had those like big Horrible patent leather heels, which I get—you need height for a dress like that, and you're not meant to see it. But I was like, no, 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 like, no, no, no! I no, need no. to look.
3: I'm just bringing Giddy up. Wait, what are you talking about? For her yellow dress? Yeah. Oh, I can't even see her. I yeah, she like her lifted walking. her dress
2: and walked so you could see them, and I was like, you. Yeah, why? Killing me. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence, I actually can't with Florence. I know. I love her. She's she's so chaotic. It's like, She just spins around and picks something, and she's like, yes. Yeah, it's fucking weird.
3: Okay, I have the whole cast up here. That girl who's in between Harry and Olivia
2: <laughs> looks like Anna de Armas. Yeah, her dad's famous. Her name's like, is, it, is her name Sydney. Sydney? Yeah. Sydney Chandler, and her dad is Kyle Chandler, who's like one of those just men that was in movies in the noughties
3: man olivia Wilde is really like keeping her head up considering like she looked she looks genuinely really happy <laughs>
2: <laughs> i know A good I'm happy actress. For her. yeah either a great actress or like a she meditates or something but um the green chanel again like loved it wish she didn't wear it with the boots but that was the runway look, so maybe they forced. I didn't her to mind you. the boots to be honest, but I what
3: I didn't like about it was the open. I don't know what she would have underneath, but I don't think I loved that she that you could see her bra again. The I was kind bra of wallet, like, yeah, yeah. Again, I was just kind of like, your you look kind of perfectly chic and cool as a director right now. Apart from when you wave, and I can just see your whole tit.
2: Yeah, there's always just one little thing that's off. That's what I mean. And I feel like the one little thing I always feel as if she's insisted on it. Oh, my God. Those shoes are so bad. The shoes. Like, what? How can you get this far and just chuck on, like, a YSL tribute at the end? I just don't understand. Yeah. And then she wore this great oversized white, like, Saint Laurent suit. And then she just inexplicably put, like, glitter on her face. (laughs) why like literally why why i just wanted to hit the screen i was like why would you do that it's so annoying yeah
3: so like then they get to the premiere they go inside and i swear to fucking god harry styles spat on chris pine like i watched that footage like i I swear to god he just spat on chris pine he did and then chris pine's representative has come out and been like no he didn't and it's like we can all see he did like he just did. Chris, the way Chris Pine stopped clapping, looked at his lap. Like, it was Chris Pine's reaction that more than anything that showed that that happened.
2: And even Olivia Wilde saw it. This is what is so confusing is, like, you rewatch it and you rewatch it and you rewatch it. And you're just like, what else could it have been? But you don't see him. You don't see the spit. Like, it's been slow mode so many times. that I'm like, if there was, like, a...
3: No, I think, I think it was... Yeah, I can't... I, I thought I it's saw more it more a like, bit. It was like... <laughs> Like, pff. but then, yeah, how would you do that? So he'd been practicing, that's for sure. And why?
2: Yeah, I think The question <laughs> in front of all those cameras.
3: Yeah, so Chris Pine's reps came out and said, no, complete fabrication, and in no uncertain terms, just to be clear, Harry Styles did not spit on Chris Pine. <laughs> Everyone is trying to create drama that simply does not exist. It's like there's a fucking video like, what, what? what is he looking at in his lap then? Why did his face go like that? And then Harry does that really weird wave that he wouldn't have done if he didn't spit on Chris Pine as he sits yeah, in his and seat. He, and, he has, and who's like he even waving to? He, yeah, because he's not yeah. even waving to anyone because Olivia Wilde's already looked the other way because they're, like, <laughs> in the middle of a divorce. <laughs> I saw the funniest... Um, meme was like whoever planned the seating chart has planned a wedding with divorced parents
2: (laughs) i know it was like laughable the way that everyone was sat that's why like we've said it before and we'll say it again like the amount of drama there's been like i keep thinking about david o russell like a horrible horrible man who directed, like, Silver Linings Playbook, who there's all this footage of him, like, screaming at his actors and, like, calling them the C-word and being such a monster and so nasty. And then at, like, Khan or Venice, everyone just gets together and is, like, so chummy and hugging and kissing and smiling and saying that working together was amazing and incredible. And I'm just like, what the fuck happened on this set that people can't even stand next to each other for 20 minutes for a picture? Like, it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. It's actually crazy.
3: Um, so then the film played. then there was a four minute standing ovation grace, which would have gone longer if Florence Pugh didn't start walking to the exit three minutes in. did she She got up stop? and started, I didn't know she that. got up and started like well, she was already standing, but she started grabbing her shit and leaving, so everyone just like left, oh. yeah. Um, but then there is that video, so I've watched, and Florence was, like, looking in every other direction, obviously avoiding, because everyone was clapping for her, because she's what, apparently, according to the reviews, carried the entire movie. Yeah. And Olivia's actively clapping in her direction, and Florence is, like, actively looking every other way at that, like, one guy that she kept hanging out with the whole time, who Harry Styles also kissed on the lips. Yeah, Nick Kroll. He used to date Amy Polar? Hmm. random fun fact and then at one point there's a video that you it kind of looks like Florence is clapping back at Olivia
2: that's the one I and I, I saw, don't so know I if like, for oh, one second kind of...
3: she, she just thought caught her eye yeah she just caught her eye by accident but then it's like you could have caught her eye and like looked away maybe she was just feeling jolly in that one moment and just clapped back at her for like creating the film but I'm like mm-hmm. surely if you're going to I don't know. Surely it's you wouldn't do that if you've already
2: done this much. Yeah, I know. I was thinking that as well. Yeah. So the reviews came out just before the film, the embargo obviously lifted just as the film started screening at Venice. And I was like disheartened, but not surprised to see that they were pretty negative. Yeah. They're mixed. They're not all universally negative, but I've read like quite a few at this point and the points made, you've got to remember that, like, I'm sure some of these critics talk to each other, but they're writing them separately and releasing them at the exact same time. So they've all watched it and made these decisions and then written it separate to each other. And they've all kind of made the same points about mm-hmm. their criticisms of it. Yeah. I'm actually just on one
3: that I haven't read yet. Did you read the Vogue US one that said, ignore the rumor mill, don't worry, darling, is a thrilling delight? <laughs> It's literally the only <laughs> like one that I've such, seen that yeah. that isn't such. negative from what I'm scrolling.
2: Uh, yeah, from, from what I've read, uh, like Harry Styles actually has a very small role and doesn't have much to work with, so it's actually hard to tell if he's a good actor or not in it. Um, Florence Pugh's amazing and it mainly focuses on her, but apparently the story which is apparently a little contrived and based off a lot of other things, um, has this like twist that just lands really badly and doesn't fully make sense. And there's like quite a few things that weren't like tied up by the end. So it feels like yeah. it, was, it needed a few more like rewrites or something, but it looks beautiful, which I think we can all tell from the trailer.
3: Yeah. Um, Hannah Rose Yee, friend of the pod, went and was at that premiere i've kept meaning oh. to text her all week to say give me some inside gossip for the pod but i will do so before patreon uh tomorrow um she was there she's obsessed with chris pine so really happy for her that she got to just <laughs> see all of that in action and she wrote a review for vogue australia and i think her review was one of my favorites she as you said she said the opening segment kind of like shows her considerable skills as a director. It shows this amazing cinematography, impeccable costume and production design. um, The way she conjures up a visual mood that is immediately addictive. And then it, she just says similar to like every other review that the story doesn't kind of live up to its lush presentation. And that basically it's got these feminist, this feminist uh, kind of, Narrative or or like lesson in it. But then the way that it is, yeah, written and it, it's kind of like Florence Pugh just realizing the same thing over and over again. Like things just keep happening where she's like, oh, this world isn't as it seems. And that it happens again and again and again and again. And then at the end, they're like, surprise, twist, bye. And it's done.
2: <laughs> it isn't as it seems. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I kind of do feel like you can see everything coming like a mile off.
3: Yeah, Hannah also said that Styles does his best opposite Pew and uh, that he's actually supposed to have a bad accent, as we saw in that clip, with no context. Um, and then, yeah, that Pew's incredible. So it's just, like, worth seeing for her alone. Obviously, me and you are going to be running to the fucking cinema with a choc top in hand and a huge yes.
2: glass Let's of Pinot Noir. Yes, our own noir. top, gla- large glass of wine. Let's do, like, a proper movie experience, popcorn. yeah gorge yes let's yeah i still want to see it i want to support female filmmakers i don't feel like we're really at a stage yet as a society where we can just throw them away like everyone wants to do with olivia wilde yeah um
3: i can't remember were you saying this on the podcast or like i was reading it somewhere where it was just talking oh it was in the vulture piece just talking about women directors and how little like they literally listed how many have been given budgets over like hundred million or something. And there's like five ever. And it's just, I'm like down to see it. I'm down to just, I don't know. This drama has been all consuming and I obviously can't get enough of it. But again, worried for the hun really hope that Harry Styles (laughs) has not ditched her (laughs) this week.
2: I, I kind of feel like it's humiliating for both of them as it would be if it happened now this relationship is just not good for them both in the long term from like a career perspective you know
3: i'm putting out um us going to don't worry darling in my eye as we <laughs> uh, as we when? speak when it comes it come out, out on the 23rd of september in london fun um so i feel like we either go the 23rd or the 24th gorgeous
2: obviously we can record an emergency episode afterwards. I know, everyone was
3: begging for an emergency episode of this, but what the girlies don't actually realise is that we record we have to record for editing purposes pretty soon after this all <laughs> happened. <laughs> it just happened anyway, yesterday. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, what else is there to discuss? I'm just, just making sure we've covered everything.
2: Yeah. Just final thing on Spitgate. Do you think that he did it
3: I just kind of do but I don't understand anything more other than that I just, I just when I watch the video I'm like that's what just what looks like yeah. happened <laughs> what else is happening with chris pine in that moment if not for if not for harry styles doing something weird and their body language is so off like they're obviously they're obviously not getting along they don't even look at each other he waved at someone over chris pine like if it looked like he'd
2: spat and then those two are like chummy and chatting Exactly. That's why I, I was trying to find footage of them being friends to be like, "Oh, it's just a silly thing." Them denying it somehow makes it feel more real. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, so silly. Okay. Well. Oh, did you like Harry's outfit? I, I actually did. The little collar. Yeah, it was fine. It was just fine. Yeah. It was just fine. Um, I loved Chris Pine's outfit. He looked, he looked hot as hell. Who is this man? Yeah, who the fuck? Who even is like, <laughs> who, he, what he, is, is Chris he? Pine been in?
3: I just, like I, I'm just seven. so not across Chris Pine until now. And I love him so much. I, love, I loved his facials in the press conference. I love so much that he was obviously also, because if you're Chris Pine, a proper fucking actor, right? Would you not just be like, why am I not in Harry Styles' role? yes and then harry styles is like it looks like a movie it's just what i love about this movie is it's a movie and you would
1: just be like what is he actually what is he
2: actually talking about (laughs) like was he not briefed this is the second movie he's ever been in like like why is he not taking this seriously he is not at a point where he can be that lackadaisical at a fucking cousin greg in the courtroom (laughs) (laughs) literally (laughs)
3: And also a special shout out to Jake, who's basically been creating the content on the Afterwork Drinks Instagram. So he made he made us a meme and then he and then he commented really quickly and said so he made a meme of Chris Pine sitting with the headphones in and said me waiting for Afterwork Drinks to drop the episode discussing don't worry, darling. And then he commented, you know, my favorite thing about the podcast is, like, it feels like a podcast, like a real, you know, sit down, grab your headphones podcast that, you know, kind of reason why you listen to something with your headphones, I think.
2: (laughs) Oh, gorgeous. Why is he so special? We're so lucky to have him. I know. He's the Chris Pine of our lives. Of AWD. Yeah, Yeah, Chris Pine's hot. Chris Pine can replace Brad Pitt now that Brad Pitt is like problematic.
3: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I just want to know. I want to know. I want to know the truth about the spit. I want to know if Harry and Olivia are together. I am gonna text Hannah right now because I want like inside goss on what happened in the theater and on Mm -hmm. what she saw. And I want to know what
2: Chris Pine's been in so I can watch it. Do you see him? I want to do a Chris him Pine. Him taking, like, photos of Florence Pugh and her realising and then doing those little poses. It was so cute and wholesome. I know. It's special. I want to know what their group chat's like. I wonder
3: if Chris Pine, Gemma Chan, and Nick Kroll, and maybe Sydney, if she's lucky, are in a <laughs> WhatsApp group. Wouldn't <Same. laughs> you? There's nothing I, I would do any the truth
2: and what's the truth yeah someone actually did say in their review that the film felt as if the director had neglected to properly direct Florence Pugh which I was like tea really? really yeah I feel like the more I'm seeing of Harry Styles the less I'm liking of him I know he should he should he should keep an air of mystery about him yeah that really worked in his favor
3: I mean, like I liked it when I heard him speak because I realized he was just this charming, happy-go-lucky guy. But the more he speaks, the more you realize how silly and filled with, like, clouds his little brain is.
2: Yeah. Like, when Olivia Wilde speaks, at least she comes across – she's obviously, like, a very intelligent, like, well-read, thoughtful person, as I think is, like, Chris Pine and Gemma Chan and such. Yeah. Must be, it must be very annoying if you're an actor – like i just thought about this but like if you're an actor like uh, who's trained to be an actor your whole life yeah and then harry styles literally just can't really act and gets the main role in this movie because he's ho- a hot pop star and then is bad at acting and then is busing the director so like <laughs> so the does director's whatever he just wants. distracted yeah, yeah i think i
3: think even if honestly like even if the tea is kind of as symbol as Olivia, while being really unprofessional, cheating on her husband and bussing the lead actor instead of doing her job, that's kind of enough to be fucked off about wasting Mm -hmm. a whole lot of time in your life, having to, having to put your face, your name, having to have this forever on your record, having to like, I don't know. You'd just be like, fucking hell. Yeah. Agree. Um, But yeah. So. Gorgeous.
2: Okay. Bye, girlies. Love you, girlies. Goodbye.